This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Green and White, the weekly Argyle Life podcast. Apologies for the lack of a podcast last week, unfortunately scheduling issues. Blame who you like, uh, perhaps you'd like to blame Sam for being on holiday, having the cheek to go away uh, when we're trying to record Plymouth Argyle podcast. Uh, unfortunately we weren't able to record, um, but we'll be back with a weekly podcast from now on. Uh, I'm your host Josh, and with us this week we've got Nick, Hello. Sam, Hello. and Fraser. Good evening. <laughs> Uh, just a quick reminder that for all the articles and up-to-date Argyle news and analysis, make sure you check us out, Argyle Life on Facebook and Argyle Life 1886 on Twitter and on Instagram. You can also make sure you don't miss another podcast by subscribing to Green and White on Spotify or iTunes where the new episode is uploaded each week. Uh, this week, uh, Argyle played two games since we last recorded. Uh, they played away at Northampton where I believe I'm right in saying that we were lost 3-1. You've forgotten the midweek game against Bristol. We've actually Rovers. played three games since you last recorded. <laughs> I don't count. I don't count. Fair there enough. Was, the, the, even then there was the Reading game and even then there was the Reading game in the League Cup as well. Okay, all right. <laughs> Smart ass. Okay, so there was a Reading game that we lost, a Northampton game which we lost, uh, a friendly against Bristol Rovers and a draw against Oldham Athletic, which finished 2-2. Um, I'll be honest, having been to the game on Saturday, it must be one of the most forgettable 90 minutes of football I've ever watched because I can barely remember a thing that happened. Uh, but I'll open it up to the man with the biggest head and therefore the biggest brain. So subsequently, I'm assuming the biggest memory. Uh, Sam, what did you make of the game that we'll go. We'll start recent. Okay, so we'll go Oldham because I'm not sure anyone went to Northampton. Thank you, Josh. I had a lovely holiday as well, and much better than recording the podcast. I have to say, um, no, I, I thought the Oldham game came in for a lot of criticism. Um, I, I don't think it was that bad, really. In all truth, it wasn't the best we've ever played. We wasn't the most coherent. We didn't really control the game, maybe as well as we have done it against, say, for example, Warsaw or or a couple of other games, but. Ultimately, we very much outcreated them. We had our two goals and then we had three other chances that were pretty good chances. We had Taylor in the first half, fired over, should have got it on target. There was the Cooper chance quite early in the second half and there was the absolute 
one that the, the one that was the best chance of all was the Rudden chance late on that was one on one. He just just couldn't get it into the net. So I think ultimately we made enough chances that probably three or four times out of five we would have won that game. Not the most amazing performance in the world, but perhaps not as bad as some critics are saying. I think there is a positive platform to build on. Um, Cooper looks a really good player. I think I'd like to see him start a bit more often, either at right wing back or in central midfield, one of the two. And yeah, overall, I think there's, there, 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 is, there is positive stuff. And I think when you get one of the other strikers back in, one of Joel Grant or Telford, um, I'm, I'm confident that games like that we will start to win a bit, a bit more often. Can I ask... What what what's been the what's been the criticism about the game? Well, have you not seen Pastotti in free chat? Everyone's moaning about it, aren't they? Everyone's oh yeah, saying, people love to... Oh, it's tippy tappy football, no end product, all that kind of stuff, aren't they? We we I mean we literally we scored two goals. I mean that's how many games did we score more than one goal in last season? I I, I what what? Sorry, we, we 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 like you said, we comprehensively outcreated them. You've got Rudden's goal and Moore's goal, both are tap-ins, We score one of them. We've got a series of yeah, pretty much great chances to score. We've got Wooten's goal, free header right in front of goal. We had uh, Byron Moore had a pretty damn good chance, which he uh, saw blocked when he should have just cut inside. Would have had a free shot of goal. Cooper's shot you mentioned, Taylor's that he missed. You're forgetting McFadden clean through, but from a narrow angle, he hit just wide. You got a couple of positions where oh, we yeah, had, yeah, we had really good attacking positions. Like when Danny Mayer skipped past one, cut it to Taylor, but played the wrong pass. He should have gone to Byron Moore on the other side. That was a wasted opportunity. That was a three on two, and then he had Joe Riley with a dreadful cutback for Jose Baxter, which would have been a pretty much well not a tap in, but would have been a clean shot of goal from about ten yards unmarked to make it two one. Had he scored, I mean. We comprehensively outcreated them, and they scored from a corner and a very well-struck shot from the corner of the box, plus that one big chance they had as a result of Wooten giving it away. I'm not, I don't know why people would be complaining about about you know attacking. This is probably our, in terms of chances created, I don't think we've had a game in which we've actually played better in attack, have we? Certainly not Salford, where we had a lot of the ball but not many chances. Certainly not Orient, where we scored a couple of good goals after half time, but didn't create too much. Certainly not Colchester. I, I mean, Walsall runs it close, but we created more good chances in this game than any other game. I, th- I think, um, by and large, he's he's correct. I think for me, and this isn't necessarily a criticism, um, although it might sound like one. Now I've said that, um, it's knowing what we could be. I think. <laughs> That's almost the most frustrating bit for me watching the team. I think Nick's right. We created more chances than any game I can remember this season. Um, but there's that element of that we're not quite running at full pace. We're not quite clicking. Um, I think another game, Taylor scores, uh, Cooper scores, Rudden scores. We all leave the stadium over the moon with such a really good attack and display. I think the frustration for me at least comes from what could have been, or perhaps what should have been. It was it was two points dropped from a, a game we really shouldn't have. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think there are lots of positives to be taken. Um, we're certainly playing better football than we were last season. Um, we've certainly... Uh, we've not 
abandoned Ryan Lowe's uh, sort of tactics or approach just when things have got difficult. Um, but I think the frustration comes from what the results could be, uh, as opposed to it being a disappointing result of, of uh, yeah. the tool. I agree, and I think part of it is this, we've still got players learning the system, and also the starting eleven. You could say possibly isn't quite where. Um, maybe if, if we had a full, fully fit squad and everyone's available, it's. I think the, what the, the squad on Saturday was close, but not quite there in terms of. Um, what our strongest eleven would look like because I really don't think that Ryan Taylor would be in it and um, I'm struggling to see how Joe Riley would be in it either. I just don't think he's enough of an attacking threat you'd on the right hand side. Want, you'd want Eggs in it as well, wouldn't you, for one of the defenders? Yeah, yeah, but it's less of a. I think it's less of a. Uh, well, having said that, they've they've conceded a lot of goals in the last few games. Um, so obviously, he, I would expect him to come in soon for. Well, it'll be for Wooten or Canavan, you think, if, if Josh Grant keeps his place. Um, but I think probably looking at Telford, uh, Cooper, um, players, those, those sort of players away from being our best side. And if those two had, obviously uh, Telford's not available at the moment, um, but if those two had played, or when we get to a point where those two do play and they're playing regularly and we've got a strongest 11, um, we might be more of a threatening outfit, I think. Um, it might look a little bit more um, complete as a as a group and as a team. Yeah, I I, I do agree. I think whilst we've, we're probably all in agreement then that the chance creation was pretty good and that people saying that we didn't really offer much going forward, I think we can all agree that they're they're probably inaccurate. But if we're going to look at flaws, then maybe maybe the defensive side of it, they got a couple of goals and counter attacks where they didn't have a lot of a lot of chances really, which was kind of a Kind of a trend we've seen a few times this season. Now, I know Nick said Newport was a similar story. They didn't have a lot of chances, but they got us on the counter. Mm. Um, Salford, they didn't have a huge deal of the ball or a huge deal of chances. Again, they got us twice on the counter. Yeah. Is that becoming something to... I'd say Salford had a bit more than that. Sol- Salford were good on the counter. Salford were good on the... Fair enough. Salford were good on the counter. But even, even looking maybe at the... Not such a clear example. Even looking maybe at the Reading game when we were getting a really good run of play together at 2-1 up. Again, they hit us on the counter and that very much turned the game. So are we? is our defence and are we generally as a team vulnerable to counter-attacks? What's, what's the thoughts on that? Um, I think we will be because we're an in-possession side. But the better we are in the ball and the better we get, um, so better we get, better we are in possession, and the more we improve on the ball, and the the, the better that we can retain and keep and recycle the ball, um, the less exposed we'll be to counter attacks. I think because part of it is because we're not the finished article, um, so maybe it's uh, it can be a little bit hit and miss going forward. Um, maybe some of the decision making isn't quite there yet. Um, players are still getting used to who they're playing with, um, so there are perhaps more turnovers in possession than we might see later in the season. I mean, if you think about it, um, uh, some of the, the, the very top sides in Europe, um, I use them as example in, in Man City, um, you would look to play them on the counter-attack, but because they have the ball so much, you can't hit them on the counter-attack because you'd never get possession. Um, and I think that sort of, I guess in the philosophy, will be almost how you counter it so we're going to stop being counter-attack because we're going to keep the ball better um, if that's all makes sense I'm yeah, sure I think Nick, Nick will we need to, it, but... um, I think it's something we need to improve on slightly I think one thing I touched on after the game and, and I know Ryan Lowe made a comment about it in terms of um, our decision making when it came to passing 
is that sometimes I feel at the moment we keep possession too well when we're drawing um, or, or we're behind and then we attack too or sorry not when we're behind we, we keep the ball at silly times when we should be a little bit more ambitious um, we're keeping the ball and playing five yard passes or a backward pass into the defence and uh, and at times when we should be a bit more ambitious or the other way around sorry in times when we should should be keeping the ball we're being a little bit more ambitious I think it's just that decision making once the players sometimes in midfield as to when actually just keeping the ball is the best decision or when looking to create an opportunity is and that's going to come with time and let's also not forget we're talking about League 2 footballers here we're not talking about and I appreciate the analogy with Man City but it's easy to, to, to throw those names around but we haven't got a David Silva um you know, or a Kevin De Bruyne. So these guys are going to make the wrong decision from time to time. Have and that's Danny part part all. Well, he's not bad, but um, if we had a straight swap with Guardiola for uh, Kevin De Bruyne, I think I might just go with KDB, I'm afraid. I think Mayer would stand out in Man City soon. It is sort of more... <laughs> He'd stand out, but I'm not sure it would be for the right reasons. Sort of, uh, the, sort of the, the comparison's more just sort of how you look to, how you can avoid being in those scenarios. Um, obviously, without setting up naturally more defensively, which is, w- would be pretty much the other option. I mean, Guardiola talked when he back, when he was at Barcelona how the reason that he wanted to, well, one of the reasons behind wanting to play possession football was because he identified individual defenders as um, people he didn't want to be exposed to defense too many defensive situations because he didn't rate them especially highly as defenders. Um, so he thought that the best way around that was to keep the ball um, and stop exposing them to as many situations um where they would uh, be challenged um i don't obviously we're not at that level um but we've got lots of players i think who are more than capable of playing at a level and have played at a level above league two um and i've said it before with brian Lowe's system i think it's a system that will get better the higher up that he manages because the quality of player um so certainly technically um but tactically as well and as that improves, I think his system will improve as well. So uh, difficult to get it right in, in League 2. Um, but the higher up we go, perhaps with us, perhaps with someone else, <clears throat> whatever happens with him is that tactical system will get better and better as the quality of players improve. Is it worth speaking about Riley? Yeah. Who hates Joe Riley? Sam does. <laughs> I don't, I'm, <laughs> come on, I'm, no, I'm, um, I'm probably... I don't. I don't. Feel, I don't think he should be a first choice player. I'm not so completely anti him. I think he's got a lot of good points about him. His defensive work in general. I know Saturday there were a lot of defensive flaws. He left Wooten a bit isolated, but generally throughout the season his defensive work's been pretty good. He's tended to get up and down the line well, but it's been his end product hasn't been good enough. I don't think he stands out as being a like a like a terrible player. I think I'd be more than happy to have him as our regular backup wing back throughout the season, but. I think if he is going, to, is he going to be that player who plays 40, 50 games a season in the promotion team? I think that, well, you know... He Maybe could, not a wing-back. He, yeah, he could be that, but I think if he did do that, he would very much be the weakest player in that team. And I think to maximise our chances of, of um, potentially getting top seven or top three, we need to we need to probably look at replacing him as the first-choice option with Sarsovic or George Cooper. I think we were a little bit exposed on that. But personally, I think we were exposed down our right-hand side. I know quite often they look for diagonal balls over the top of Wooten's head um, and they look to exploit us that way. Um, and actually, if, if they're going to do that, there's always going to be space between a right-sided centre-back and a wing-back. 
Um, so you might as well play someone who's going to be much more productive going forward. Um, and his end product again was poor on Saturday. But but then, sorry, on the defensive side, um, defensively he was weak though. Um, he was he he was almost too high in defensive phases. When when we're defending without the ball, he needs to also almost drop alongside Wooten into a five-three-two at right back, the same way McFadden often does at left back, because the space outside of that three is where the real danger is for them to get around and whip a ball in behind. Um, their goal, you can see it in their goal. He's too far up, um, and they exploit that space to get around Wooten. If he's further back, if he drops in, then there's no problem. He intercepts the ball. And there was another moment in I think I've got it down to the thirty-sixth minute where. Um, he this time he does get back in the end to cover, but if he's back in the first place, then they, they don't almost get him behind. And while he has been better defensively throughout the season, this was probably his worst game defensively, I'd say. I think what's interesting though is that you know I appreciate what people believe about Riley. Riley's played in started every single game of the season uh, in the league, um, so there's obviously something that Ryan Lowe sees in him. Um, I think to offer a little bit of an argument for his selection, he. I thought, at least, he came back from pre-season looking like he was in great shape. Um, I knew he had um, a difficult year on and off the pitch last season. Um, hopefully, that's that's behind him now, um, or at least as much as it can be. Um, and, and Lowe has obviously put his faith in him. Now, I'm not going to say he's had anywhere near the contribution of McFadden on the other side, he's, who's arguably been one of, if not our best player of the campaign so far. Um but there must be something that, that Ryan Lowe is seeing in him to, to constantly pick him. Um, and at this stage, after only seven games, Sam, you said, he, is he going to be part of a promotion winning team? Well, I think he could be. Um, I, I see no reason if, if he's alongside the likes of Danny Mayer, who's playing every single game and, and this is the team it's going to be. It wouldn't shock me if we, I still believe we're going to get promotion with or without Riley in the starting lineup. Now, that isn't to say he hasn't got flaws. But I don't think he's the sort of player that uh, is going to cost us a number of points. It's going to see us cost us a, a position in the top three or or beyond. So, um. well, yeah, I, I, I mean, I see what you mean. I think he could be a regular pair of promotion winning team. But let's look at our sixteen seventeen season. We had a lot of we had a lot of <laughs> players who were regulars in that team who probably, on in theory, weren't good enough for promotion, but ended up being so. Like I think Gary Miller and Songo played more than half our games that season. They're not really for me. What you would call stellar League Two players, but so I yeah, think they, it is possible for yeah teams they got to promotion. Kind of, so yeah, no, you know, no, I'm agreeing with you in a way. I think it is possible for teams to sort of carry weaker players, but I do think it would be that. I do think he would be a. I do think he would be a weaker link. Is it, I'm, I'm not saying that if he because like, like like I said with those examples, it isn't cast iron that if he plays the majority of games, we will not go up because football's not as simple as that. Because players can, can can kind of be helped by the players around them. But I think he would be. Well, I think to be one of our weaker links. Whether he could be or not doesn't. I don't think it's really relevant. What I think is relevant is that uh, the, the question that should be relevant should be: Is there someone better at the club for that position in that role than yeah. Joe Riley? And if it, if 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 um, Ryan Lowe comes back and says no, it's Joe Riley. He's the best one for that formation. Okay, brilliant. We'll go with it. If he comes back and he thinks, oh, maybe George Cooper. Um, I know people have pushed for Sarsovic. People from our life have pushed for Sarsovic uh, in that role. <laughs> um, I don't think he's seen it yet. Uh, maybe we've not tagged him in enough tweets. Um, but if I think, yeah, that's 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 the question for me. Is Joe Riley the best that we've got for that role? And I don't know if Lowe sees well, Cooper to, in that right wing back. According not. to FIFA, it's him or Taff. 
Um, I mean, the FIFA ratings come out today, and, and there are two best players. So apart from maybe Scott Wooten, so um, so yeah, FIFA thinks so. I mean, I don't know if you've seen Danny Mayer's rating, but these pants sell him. It's mad. It's absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, they they were not done by anyone who's watched Plymouth Argyle. I don't. Think. In serious answer to your question, I think um, when Cooper came on, he looked good. Obviously, mm. it's very early days into his um, Argyle career. I think uh, a little bit like we had to see with uh, with Baxter. He's probably not going to start for the next week or two. Um, probably going to need to get up for that. You know, there's a difference between being fit and being match fit. Um, but I think he he he's been bought in for a reason, hasn't he? You know, he's he's not. We've not loaned him in for to sit on the bench. I don't think so. You'd expect him to probably play in that position. I imagine. I don't think he's going to play in the centre of midfield. Um, I think that's where he's looking for. But he played think, wing back against Bristol Rovers. Yeah, no, I think we'll see though. And he wasn't uh, too bad there against Bristol Rovers. I think, as we've said before in this podcast. Um, one thing that I think Ryan Lowe's going to do, which Derek Adams didn't do last season, and we covered this in depth last year, is he's going to rotate the squad. I don't think there's going to be, you know, there's going to be players like Danny Mayer and probably McFadden who start every game that they're available to play. But I do think that the majority of players are going to be switched in and out. And I think that's a good thing because last season we saw it to our detriment where Derek Adams liked 14 players and the others just sat on the bench, twiddled their thumbs. And, you know, we had the Taylor Ladapo argument, but there's probably three or four of those arguments across the field last season. Um, so I think we'll see Cooper, um, but I think we'll see just as much of Riley throughout the season, and they'll probably alternate. Yeah, on um, on Riley, like just looking at his attacking output, you look at McFadden on the left, who obviously created Moore's goal um, on Saturday, and what very much could have and possibly should have been the winner for Rudden. He created the tap-in for Moore that he missed against Northampton. He created the tap-in for Taylor. He obviously won the penalty for Salford. So he's been the main, you know, the principal creative threat on the end of Danny Mayer's Maisie runs, obviously. But, you know, he's been the one delivering the final ball. But then you sort of contrast it with Riley and what Riley's done. But I think we can... And he hasn't really done too much to actually create. We can use that as a for Riley. And again, I'm not saying Riley has been at level with McFadzine because he hasn't. But all we can use it as praise for McFadzine. He's had a fantastic start to the season, and I don't. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be expecting more of all our players, but just you know, let's you let, let's look at the glass half full and say McFadden's had a fantastic start to the season. Then our oh, bloody hell, why can't our other wing back play as well as him? No, I think that the, what I was going to go on to say is that you can sort of see why, and the part of the reason why is is McFadden's making these great runs in behind. So Mayor can. So we, you said on Sunday, I think it was, that the reason that we're not doing as much on the right is because Mayer can dribble past anyone on the left, to which I counted. If you look at any of those goals that he set up, Mayer's only actually dribbled past one person for the goal against, uh, for Byron Moore's goal against uh, Thingy, uh, against Oldham this weekend. The rest of them have just been simple passes and a good run off the ball, and we haven't seen that from Riley. And we've seen a similar thing whereby... Um, like sh- shots in the quote-unquote danger zone, right? So shots within the width of the six-yard box in the in the box themselves. McFadden's got eight. Riley's got none, which says to, you can see that McFadden knows how to come in off the wing and get into that goal-scoring position. Riley as yet doesn't. He's playing a bit like a fullback there. That's not to say drop Riley. It's to say this is the specific thing that Riley needs to work on 
to improve, otherwise he's you know probably going to be dropped. But it's also worth noting that even with a lesser, let's be kind, a lesser creative return from Riley, we're still one of the top scorers in the division, regardless. Yeah, absolutely. It's more of a question of making us from a good attacking team to this level up to an excellent one, isn't it? We're going to be a good attacking team to this level, even with even with Riley, because we've got so much quality in other areas, aren't we? So, ultimately, yeah, it is, it is a question of kind of being a bit picky, being a bit pernickety. Probably, probably a more immediate concern that needs addressing is it's probably the back three. I think Wooten, Welsh tea certainly has been improved on last season. Nobody's denying that. Still, I think, isn't quite of the level we want for a promotion team. So I think try Ainson, Canavan, Josh Grant in some permutation. Try them as the back three, and hopefully we should see the goals conceded to go down a bit. Um, did a- Ameson played in the middle of the back three last year? Is that right? No, no he right played on the right. Did he play on the right? Okay, then that's a natural fit. Who played? Was it? Um, oh, I forgot his name. Thompson. That's Adam the Thompson one. The Who else three. played at the back for them? Stokes and O'Connell, and they also had a guy on loan called Scott Wharton, who's currently on loan to Northampton, but didn't play against us because he was injured. Okay, that makes sense. Fair enough. It was, mo- it was mostly Chris Stokes, wasn't it? He was the one who was more. No, it was mostly now, O'Connell. I, think, I remember rightly. What I looked up, no. Okay, where's he now? I, I think it was uh, he uh, left for Rochdale, I think, in the summer as part of Barry's total and utter collapse. Yeah, so I think it, yeah. it was quite evenly distributed between those three on the left. To be fair, I think it'll end up probably being uh, Ameson in for Wooten. Then I would expect. What well, I'd be surprised that doesn't happen if he played on the right side. Um, well, last it's interesting. Year. It was interesting. I think it was you. It was you, Josh, that said this, um, or, or wrote something about this in the week, um, which I think is a really, really good point. Well made about set piece de- defending from set pieces. Um, Canavan is a little bit more of a physical presence than Wooten, um, so probably helps defending them. And we, you know, was Adam. Adam I, I've been it, a fan of Sawyer's and, and I've sung his praises, but he. Ah, my apologies. I'm giving you some credit there, Josh. You should That's take all right. it. Um, can you edit that bit about it being Adamac, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, it, I think it was a good point. I think, you know, defensively from set pieces, we've, um, you know, we, we do lack a little bit of an aerial presence. And, and Ameson, you know, he's a big chap. So um, hopefully he's he's all right in the air. But I imagine he'd come in for Wooten um, and we'd keep Canavan's. Uh, he's a little bit, you know, he's not huge, is he? Can, a huge difference, sorry. But um, I imagine he'll sit in the centre. It's not just that, though, because when... Forget about the centre-backs. Think about the rest of the team defending set-pieces. Edwards is pretty small. He's competitive and rugged, but he's small. Baxter's not tall. Mayer's decent at winning headers, but he's not exactly tall and strong. Do you remember the save that Palmer made against Newport? That was a header one against Callum McFadzine. That was on their centre-backs against McFadzine at the back post. So no wonder he lost yeah. the header. Ta- like, Taylor contributes a lot for defensive corners. Yeah. Because we're going we to drop him. Yeah, if we're going to drop him, then we're really lacking height. So, yeah, we really run the risk that a team's going to pick us off. Hey, we'll get on tell for the step ladder. <laughs> <laughs> Just to have two one on one shoulders. Might be able to do something that <laughs> That's way. That's a great way of defending corners. <laughs> but sorry, um, Dom, climb on my shoulders, would you? <laughs> At the front post. Just imagine that, though. Just flinging Dom. <laughs> <laughs> throwing Telford at the yeah, ball hoping a, he gets a flick on it basically defending idea. it the way they defend uh, line outs in rugby yeah perfect this is genius <laughs> revolutionary <laughs> that it would be yeah yeah I think that, that that height certainly is an issue I think Josh Grant obviously helped with that a little bit coming in as a more natural centre back so more of a 
a natural aerial presence. He's still, I know, thus far he hasn't been that good in the air. He's been about the same as Sawyer. I think Sawyer's actually outperforming him in the air. Is he? We, we, yeah. We haven't been threatened a lot in the air, have we? Since Grant's No, but place? Josh Grant still lost a fair few headers. He, he hasn't lost too many, but he's sort of in the Sawyer territory in that he's a bit of a fullback winning headers rather than a centre-back. Fair enough. But yeah, it's just... And then also Ameson can offer something going forward as well because he was their most... The most lethal fr- threat from corners last season from their centre backs. He got most goals and most assists. I think. How from many did he? How many did he score? Uh, and four which, goals. To be fair, is, um, probably something needed because that goal we scored on on Saturday. That's actually the first goal we scored from a set piece, isn't it? That was directly from a set Minus Riley's season, free kick. Said in your article, Nick. What, what you, Adam, Adam's article. <laughs> yeah, it was Riley Adam's scoring article. the free kick. I get it. Was Adam's article okay? No but, nonsense. So we, it's all Josh. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> okay. In terms of any, anyone but Adam, clearly, in terms of a header that was directly from a free kick or corner, which Barry got a lot last season, that one on on Saturday was our first one. So it'll be good to have a few more. So maybe Ameson will help there. So I think when you factor it in, the fact we're we're kind of at the moment, I, I you know I've, I've seen it said one win in seven in all competitions, which is technically true because the Bristol Rovers was a draw. You know, it was a win on penalty, but it was a draw. So technically, it is one win in seven, and that does sound a bit alarming, but. There were always going to be teething problems. There's always going to be a very difficult system to learn. There's always there's going to be a lot of games like this this season. I've got no doubt of that. And I think ultimately we're not a million miles away. Just get a few little tweaks in, get Ameson in, get Cooper in. That'll be a good start. And then we'll um, then hopefully I think we'll see ourselves winning, winning a few more games. Mm. So should we will look ahead to the next game, which is on Saturday uh, against. <laughs> don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Is it Crawley? <laughs> No, that's no. Tuesday. Is that on Tuesday? That's the following Tuesday, yeah. Yeah, well, that's not that far out, is it? <laughs> no, you need to it's... piss yourself laughing, Call Sam. yourself it's a funny. I think Nick laughed more than I did. I, I don't know. Nick might have, but I probably wouldn't have heard him because of his Wi-Fi. Fair point. Um, <laughs> Fair point. Shocking trying to deflect the blame. Uh, you can do, yeah, I still don't care. Mansfield. <laughs> no, that's coming up. No, no. <laughs> I can just guess League Two teams if you like. It's away, it's away, I'll give you that clue at least. It's well, away, it's away. Said I could away. Have told you that. Oh, did he? I'll go near that. Uh, I don't know and I can't be bothered to Port. Google it. Port. Port Vale. Portsmouth. <laughs> that was a deliberate joke. I assume that was a joke, yeah. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, Port Vale then. Um, when was the last time we played Port Vale? Uh, 2013. I can only remember the FA Cup yeah. rematch. That's oh, yeah, the only FA game Cup, I can remember. That was years well, ago. Yeah. That was 2013-14. Conor so Hurahan had an absolute game, worldie, yeah. yeah. Isaac Vassell started, I believe. Yeah, it was crap. Yep, pretty much. It was um, actually rubbish in that game. Lots of running, nothing. Yeah. Um, so, Port Vale. Anything, Nick, you're the analyst. Um, tell us a bit about Port Vale. Port Vale, um, my main concern would be that they've got the players to do uh, to us what Northampton did to us, which is uh, they've got a couple of fast wingers and a central striker who can just go man for man on our back three, and that's basically what Northampton did to cut us off at source. Um, So if they do that, we could be in a bit of trouble. On top of that, it's also worth remembering that when Bury played Cambridge last season, before David Amu moved to Port Vale, he absolutely tore... Lowe's back three to pieces. Uh, he should have scored two. I think he only got one in the end and created another one, something like that. So worth looking out for him, probably starting from the right, so up against Josh Grant. Uh, otherwise, they're very average, not exactly. 
particularly good, but if they try and do what Northampton did, they could be a you know a genuine threat. Right, I see. Okay, that makes sense. To be yeah. fair, there was a lot of funny stuff going on at Berry late in the season, wasn't there? So that was obviously an impact that isn't necessarily going to yeah. happen now, but obviously was. he's a good player and it'll be an impact for yeah. sure. Yeah, we'll go for some predictions. So, um, who'd like to start me off with some predictions? Uh, I've, I think we're going to go for a 2-2 draw. I think we'll be quite exposed at the back for the reasons Nick said, but also they're not really anything special. I think we're capable of getting some good play going against them, so 2-2 draw. Cool, Fraser. Optimistic. Um, I, I think we'll smash them 4-0. Like it. What about you, Nick? Um, I think we'll win. I'll go for... 2-1 attacking's been good recently I don't think they're that special I think we can beat them uh, and I'll go I'm also um, a fan of uh, of predicting Argyle to win so actually sorry I've just looked at my phone then and I completely lost my train of thought um, I, I think that one team at some point is going to be off an absolute drubbing I think they're yeah. you know think well, you think it's going to be Port Vale. Yeah, yeah. and I do. I, I think at some point in the next few weeks, some, something's going to click. It's going to work. It could have been Carlisle. Uh, Carlisle. Um, it could have been Oldham. If it's been Carlisle already this season, that would have been impressive. Um, but I, I think Carlisle some team is now. going to get a drumming. And um, we, we've not... I mean, I mean yeah, um, get your bets on. We're hammering Carlisle as well. But this weekend, we're going to hammer Port Vale. I think... We we saw as you alluded to uh, Nick at the start. We created a lot of chances. Um, another day we could have had five goals last weekend. It wasn't perfect, but I reckon something's going to click this weekend. We've not won as many in the last couple of games as we should have done. Um, yeah, let's have some optimism, boys. Four 0 Like it. I'll go. I'll finish this off with. I'll go two one. I think I've predicted us to win pretty much every game that I've predicted on here. But, so I'll keep with that and I'll say uh, a 2-1 victory to Argyle uh, Joe Riley to score twice uh, and reveal a t-shirt that says uh, screw you Nick Saunders Smith on it <laughs> I've been not too bad I haven't said that much bad stuff have I? it's alright you don't have to justify yourself to me Nick <laughs> ok if, uh, if so that, that is the end of the show thank you all so much for listening please don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify and iTunes, and to check us out at argyle.life. Uh, from all of us here, thank you and goodbye. Good Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.